April 27th, 2021, Los Fantasmas. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast talking about NXT. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa and Dan St. Germain from the Wrestle Roast podcast. Hello. Hey, What's going on? Coming? Good to be here. Dan, I had some uh, long car drives over the last few weeks. I've been catching up on Wrestle Roast. I have oh, to nice. commend you as a big fan of roast humor and uh, someone who hates wrestling at this point. I really <laughs> enjoy your podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. That's who we're really trying to trying to reach people who are forced to watch wrestling <laughs> seriously man there's like 10 of us in existence and uh your podcast <laughs> is the one alfred how's it going good good i mean after being forced to watch raw last night i'm, I'm gonna be watching wrestle roast after this podcast so that sounds <laughs> like, i'm part of that target demo too oh man but tonight nxt again it's just it's like they know what's hurting us and they have the healing power through good professional wrestling, good storytelling, characters we care about, storylines that are well-developed, and superior in-ring action. Once again, NXT keeps its streak going. Um, man, this is three weeks in a row. I think Tuesday is magic for them. Opening up with Dakota Kai versus Mercedes Martinez. Um, yeah, Alfred, what did you think of this match? I thought it was fine. I thought it suffered because I don't think anybody really knew who the babyface or heel mm. was in this match. That seemed to change every five minutes in this match, uh, especially in the finish. But I'll tell you what. I know um, NXT usually has a lot of clean finishes, uh, but I agree with this being a disqualification the way they did it because it kind of plants that seed that they've been planting between Dakota and Raquel Gonzalez because now when they're going back and kind of reviewing what went wrong here, this is another time where Raquel Gonzalez basically cost Dakota Kai this match so she can go back and say that. But uh, it's really weird because Raquel Gonzalez has been a super babyface for weeks now, and the finish of this match, she just ran wild on Mercedes Martinez uh, as part of a heel team that had a 2 one advantage. So uh, very weird, but I, I like the match. Yeah, Dan. I love Dakota Kai. Um, I think she's like one of the one of the most talented talented wrestlers that they have on the NXT roster, and and you know she's like Shawn Michaels. She makes everybody everybody look good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm just gonna I'll just piggyback off that. I, I, I don't understand. You know, they do this a lot uh, <laughs> with uh, NXT where they don't totally pull the trigger. Like they like mm. three fourths pull a trigger on something, and then they kind of like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know why, but I obviously before this it was you know they were doing the Raquel Diesel thing where they had her like smiling ear to ear every time there was like a camera in sight. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a little it's a little bizarre as far as who's the baby face of the heel. I, I thought the match was you know really good up until. Um, you know, you almost feel bad for um, Mercedes Martinez, right? That's her name. Yeah. It's like, dude, if she had just come like five years earlier, yeah. she would be running that division. But unfortunately now, you know, the genie's kind of out of the bottle. And But uh, yeah, she, she's, she's really good. It, it's, it, it sucks. She's, she got here so – she got here this late. Yeah. Great match, though. Raquel Gonzalez rushing the ring, uh, attacking, uh, causing a DQ. And, um, man, that's the thing. There feels like there's so many solid contenders. Any woman, any of these women could challenge for the NXT title. And um, I just think there's so much potential in this division. I thought this was a hot start. But I think you're right. It's um, This isn't so much to me like who's the baby face. It's more like who's going to be the dominant um, one. I, I feel like one of these three women is going to be on the path towards a championship match at the next takeover. Yeah, 100%. And it's funny that you mentioned how many contenders there are because they aired that Stone Cold Steve Austin a &E special last week, and I really yeah. liked it. So I kind of went on a rabbit hole of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I went down that path where he got, you know, I guess Grilling Jarrah, they had this podcast on when he walked out. And the big thing was he said they didn't build up enough heels for him. They didn't build up mm. enough contenders for your biggest star, arguably ever. And then you will look at the NXT Women's Division in their developmental territory, and all they have is contenders in that division. That's what I absolutely love about this division. So... I mean, I thought, you know, I think this women's division is very strong, and I'm very interested to see where they go with it ultimately in terms of who beats Raquel Gonzalez down the road. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of the two that's going to challenge a takeover, right? It's got to be. Yeah, 100%. It'll definitely be Mercedes Martinez. I can see Mercedes Martinez and Raquel Gonzalez at takeover. It looks like that's what they're peaking this feud for. Yeah, yeah I don't think they're going to want to do the Dakota thing until around SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Dakota, it's been interesting, right? Ever since like her turn, the way that they've built her, like it's been at this simmer. And I feel like when they really get behind it, it's got huge potential. Yeah. So this was good though tonight. This was good. And it's interesting, uh, I think, where they go with this. But yeah, I, I could see uh, Mercedes versus uh, Raquel happening at the next takeover. Um, then uh, we had the promo from. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart talking about uh, their tag team title defense against The Way that's coming next week. Uh, they had a non-title match tonight. Uh, Cameron Grimes, Alfred, I saw on Twitter that you were quite <laughs> a fan of the Cameron Grimes uh, Go Shopping for Jewelry segments. I was. I mean, um, I didn't know that's where it was going this early, but I was just very happy to see Ted DiBiase. You know, maybe it's because I grew up with him. Uh, I just thought it was a perfect symmetry with this feud. And just to hear his voice and then kind of pay that off was great. I would have rather been in front of a live crowd, but I, I thought it was hilarious. And I thought this was the best segment on the show, personally. Really? Wow. Non-wrestling segment, let's say that. So okay. is, is, is this going to be like a... Like like Ted DiBiase is going to teach Cameron Grimes on how to be like a rich douchebag. Is that like the new? Because it's, it's, it's a fun. I mean, it is a fun runner. It, you know, this character, Cameron Grimes' character, is so great, man. Because it's like, if he keeps making money, he's a great heel. And then if he loses all his money, he's an even better heel. You know, like, yeah. and he's an old school, especially like. I mean, I wasn't on the show last Tuesday. I, I thought hit the match with him and Kyle O'Reilly was tremendous mm -hmm. really i wasn't good. as big of a fan of the kyle o'reilly promo to start the show yeah. out i was like i don't know what this feels like a weird simpsons character that he's doing i don't know <laughs> but um yeah man cameron grimes dude he is like the king of chicken shit to chicken salad man it's crazy it's really weird too i think um them having him get involved in the meme stocks dogecoin nfts like they found a way to make this interesting having him come into all this money you know, yeah. it took uh, what I thought was an insufferable character and just made him a superstar. So sometimes it's just that right uh, stars dude, aligning. Dude, he is so lucky that Vince doesn't watch NXT because <laughs> Vince would if Vince Vince, first off, would love Cameron Grimes and he would have him on the show on Monday and immediately it would, you know, it would completely, you know, he would probably miss what was funny about it. But um yeah, man, it is such a – it is crazy that, like, that guy isn't on Raw because of how slow and fucking monotonous Raw is. You need some characters like that, man. Bring back Vito in a dress, you know? Like, bring back some craziness, like, because it's, you know, Raw is, Raw, is, Raw is long. It is long. Yeah, no, I couldn't imagine how Cameron Grimes would be on Raw because th that's a great point, Dan. I mean, WWE has no subtlety when it comes to these comedy characters. So on NXT, Cameron Grimes kind of reminds you of like a Beverly Hillbilly or whatever, but he's still Cameron Grimes. He still has a lot of things that Cameron Grimes does. I feel like in WWE, he just would be a carbon copy of it. They wouldn't say anything about NFT. It would just yeah. be like rich oil. They'd give him overalls or no, maybe yeah. they would be like Hillbilly Jim. He'd be a hick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But instead, you know, he's cultured and he has nuance. Something we normally don't see in main roster characters. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this promo. Grizzled Young Vets out there and uh, Toothless Timothy and Tommaso Ciampa come out and confront the GYV. Um, yeah, it's interesting how they're they're building this. Uh, Dan, what would you think of this promo segment? I, I liked it. You know, I like that these guys are... Um you know, uh, coming back together. I, I, I did, I, I was, I, I didn't think that they were done with Imperium and Thatcher. Maybe they're going back to that, but I, I like these two together. I, I also think, you know, Robert says this on our show all the time, but, you know, Tommaso Ciampa's best chance at the main roster is a tag team with Thatcher. Like, he's not, like, Vince is gonna, he's too small for Vince to push on his own, but, like, him as like a tag team and having that like, you know, like almost like Dynamite Kid, uh, Benoit toughness mm. with Timothy Thatcher. I mean that that that's that's great. But yeah, yeah, dude. dude I mean, you know, like NXT is so much easier for us to watch, obviously, than Raw. It's probably worse radio because you know it's just kind of like, oh, that was good, or oh, I wish that was a little better. You know, opposing to Raw, where it's just like, how far can I get this gun into my mouth? You know, mm. uh, so. Uh yeah yeah but it was it was good man I, I enjoyed it 
yeah, yeah. I it, this is fine. I, I thought it was good. It just this might be too much of a good thing for me in terms of visually because I like the Grizzled Young Vets and I like Thatcher and Ciampa, but I feel like they're all four kind of going for the same vibe in that they're new age wrestlers who wrestle like an old school vibe and are just kind yeah, of true to true. that. So I felt like, um, and yeah, to Dan's point, he's talking about Imperium. That was they were knee deep in that feud. I don't think there's been a resolution to that, and now they're just jumping back into the Grizzled Young Vets uh, feud. So that was kind of weird to see. Yeah, I thought that they would, you know, transition to like, I don't know, Walter Thatcher or something, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I do like uh, Ciampa sort of bringing up that, you know, in terms of, of Grizzle, he's got probably every wrestler on either roster, any roster beat, you know? Yeah. Good angle for this. How old I don't, is know. I don't know if you've seen Sonny's OnlyFans lately, but... <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's close. Ah, uh, okay. So, uh, without looking, I looked. Uh, how how old, Dan? Would you guess Tommaso Ciampa is? Um, Tommaso Ciampa is. I'm gonna guess 39. Okay, Alfred. I'm gonna say 35. 30. He is 35. If if I hadn't looked, oh I was gonna God. be like like he's pushing 50. Like yeah. <laughs> like the AARP just sent him a brochure. Like the birthday, you know. Just happened, and he can sign up now. He's eligible. I mean, he he looks like he's been through some shit. Yeah, and for a while he had that like bald spot that he was kind of grown out, where he had the hair around the baldness, like the Costanza look. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I love him also, Champa. I love he's getting these opportunities. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, like he's a guy you just he he has a believability factor of a guy who has lived through it that a lot of people in wrestling he don't does have. have- him and LeBron James are like 49-year-old-looking 35-year-olds. You know, there's probably something to that, though, right? Like, if you always look kind of old and middle-aged, you never age. You never get a young phase. Yeah, well, Wilford Brimley just croaked, so that, that theory isn't... He I thought that, that guy was a turtle. <laughs> Do you guys have this? And Because we're just going to go back to, like, the wankfest of positivity about uh, NXT tonight here in a moment. But, <laughs> uh, but do you guys have when you watch old media... That you will see people that were once older than you, you watched as a child, and they still seem older to you. I was watching something with Debbie Gibson the other night. How Debbie Gibson at 16 did she look like she was in her early 30s? You know, I watch LA Law, Harry Hamlin looked like, you know, he's pushing retirement. And you find <laughs> out like, oh, Harry Hamlin was like in his early, you know, late 20s at the time. And you're like, how was that possible? I know exactly what you're talking about because one of the first things I did when I got WWE Network was I had watched a lot of old like Arne Anderson matches and Fortune yeah. Angles. And Arne Anderson, when he was like a young man, looked like he was 60 years old. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's always had that look. I'm trying to think who else is like that. Um, yeah. yeah. It's usually the opposite, man. Yeah, although it gets kind of weird though if you're like one of those people that always looks young and they like you've seen Barry Williams lately, like 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 the boyish don't age well, you know. It's like sixty-five-year-old Greg Brady is nothing to write home about. Think about how awful the young bucks are going to look in like ten years. It's going to (laughs) be brutal, man. It's going to be like you know, oof, yikes, dude. Nick's like, already wearing the headband to hide the bald spot that he's getting. So yeah, gonna... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's they're true. both doing. He's doing. He's doing the LeBron thing where it just keeps going back. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, combo breaker buck ninety nine. I appreciate Zach Galifianakis on the pod today. I don't look like uh, Zach Galifianakis. What the hell? Uh, is that? <laughs> How is that, Dan? Do you find it? You, do you get that a lot? You get that a lot doing the yeah. podcast. Um, I used to. Now, um, you know, no one really talks about me. (laughs) Um, No, I I guess, yeah, I definitely got that. I mean, you know, it used to be when I started, it was kind of like a dig because that was like not because of Zach's act. Zach's act is awesome. And he's a really he's a really nice guy. Um, But he was like kind of heavier than me, you know, and I was Mm. like, what the hell? But now (laughs) Zach is way thinner than I am. So like now it's like it's a now it's like. It's like when someone says, you look like Zach Galvin I'm like, oh, thanks. I, I did have a salad yesterday. Appreciate it. So that's nice. See, I got, when I started doing this podcast, like Glenn looks like a fat Finn Balor. And I'm like, it's good you had to put fat in front of it. You know, that really. Oh, dude, I would still take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's still pretty good. Yeah, man. Uh, so back to the show tonight. Uh, cool promo with Tian Shaw. Um, uh, with uh, Z Lee cutting the promo in Chinese with Bo standing there. Uh, 
I'm curious to see where all this goes. And I really hope it's not Bruce Pritchard under that thing. And and he just does the most offensive like breakfast at Tiffany's Mickey Rooney type accent. It's possible. <laughs> it is kind of red under there. It couldn't be but the love. Like maybe he pulls it off and that's just a bunch of red paint and he's yeah. the same thing he did in the 80s. Maybe. <laughs> I like to think we've progressed a little, a tad, a smidgen. But you know, we'll see. Uh, but no, I think I think uh, that promo segment was really cool. Like what they did with Isaiah Swerve Scott uh, coming out of that. And um, let's talk about Tony Storm versus Zeta Ramir tonight in this match. Uh, with Zeta getting that win. Uh, Dan, what'd you think of this match? I don't know, man. I was like, this is the second loss that Tony had. Like before that, she just lost to Zoe Stark, right? And it's like, again, okay, Zoe Stark's the girl you're trying to get over as like, you know, the hungry young lion or the young, you know, Cena or whatever. How he was booked when he was first, you know, the ruthless aggression period. But yeah, I, I don't know. I like Tony Storm a lot, and I don't really know if this girl was ready for the rub yet. Um, hmm. uh, I haven't seen enough of her yet. Uh, but, you know, I've, I, I just, you know, this is just me as a mark, man. Like, I, I just think Tony Storm is fantastic, and I, and I hope that it's not, you know, that this isn't, you know, the sign of what's to come. I mean, that's all I could think about watching this was, is she in trouble for something? Is she getting heat for yeah. something? It's like, they've been like screwing with her for a while now, ever since she came back. I thought, I mean, she's clearly one of the most talented people they have there. And she lost in that pre-show for stand and delivery. It's like, okay, whatever. They don't have anything for her. But this yeah. is weird in terms of she's presented as Tony Storm and um, facing this quote unquote jobber. I know it's only her second match and she's talented and she's whatever. But she was not promoted as much of anything. Wasn't given an entry. No, she's not. I mean, she still can't carry Tony Storm's luggage yet. And that's no at no fault of hers. She's she's right. been doing it a lot less time. But yeah, it's very weird. It's real weird. So I think some. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't want to speculate or anything like that. But I was shocked to see it go down the way it did. And uh, oh man, if she if if Tony, look, I know that you love. I know you love your man, but do not leave NXT for Impact, dear God. There are so many dumb things you can do when you're in love, and that is number one. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, man, the women, even the thing we saw with Frankie Monet and Shotzi and Ember backstage, like there are just so many characters that I feel instantly invested in in the NXT women's division. It's really remarkable. Yeah, man, it's a great roster. Hopefully, uh, you know, they're not, like, jobbing a Dana Brooke in three months. Eh, all Dana Brooke could use a win. But still. Uh, so, Bronson Reed versus Austin Theory. This was a long match. And the new number one contender uh, coming out of this is Bronson Reed. Uh, Alfred, what would you think of this match? Oh, it was pretty good. I mean, um, Austin Theory has gotten better, you know, since, you know, the last iteration, like a year ago or whatnot. But um, I thought there was too much comedy in a match that's like for NXT's second most important title. It's like any time the way is having matches now, they all have to be designed around the whole Dexter Lumis thing, which I think it's a fun storyline. Don't get me wrong. I like their backstage segments and whatnot. But hmm. now that it's bleeding into the North American championship division where it's like, you know, Bronson reads his baby face on the rise and Johnny Gargano is one of the best they have. So, I mean, they're capable of having a great match for that title, but I will have a hard time taking that match seriously. If the matches are such comedy filled. Can we talk about what the hell is happening with this angle? <laughs> like it's, it's, uh, it's Dexter Loomis. She pretended to be drugged. So she, he could take advantage of her, but now it's turned into like, uh, 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 a star-crossed lovers thing where they can't. It's so weird, man. Um, you know the match. I, I've seen these two have a better match, like Austin Theory and Bronson Reed. I think I've seen have a better match than the one they had. So I was, I was like, whatever. And my whole thing with Bronson Reed, man, I, I think he's really good. I really do. But like, do less if like the because he did one he one time where he like checked his stomach. He ah. checked uh, Austin Theory's stomach, and he did it with like such like a I don't know I could never see like Umaga doing it that way, you know what I mean? Or even Rikishi, like like you know like I, I so the little stuff sometimes I feel like I would rather him sacrifice like him trying to be Johnny Gargano to just act like a true you know bulldozer. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. Do you think Bronson goes all the way with this as the number one contender? I think he does. I think he almost has to. I mean, he lost a big match at Stand and Deliver to Gargano, and this is like his redemption. And the way WWE books babyfaces, especially if it looks like they're behind somebody, they don't really book him to lose in these situations, at least yeah. in NXT. Um, so the fact that he's going for this title for a second time, I think, would just be a waste of time if he lost again. Well, and if you look at the Johnny Gargano character and the way – the brilliance of this storyline is not in the build in the rain. It's when he loses and it all falls apart. That's where the comedy is to see him just unravel in the wake of losing that North American title. You just can't put that title on Dexter Loomis. You can't have the workhorse title on that yeah. guy. It's just, it, it's just, it's too much of a caricature. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, they're really going all the way with this. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, John Cena's bald spot, five dollars. Saying when Dan's on the Raw pod, him and Jack look like the before and after shot before you started watching Raw and after you sat through three hours. <laughs> That's actually true. Yeah. Uh, Shah, five dollars and three cents. Very specific. Uh, Pete Dunn jacked vegan diet. Uh, he's vegan. Love it. Also, just saw a clip of Russell Rose Baron Corbin. Hilarious. Subscribe to it. Oh, hey, thank oh, you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Is the Corbin one new? I haven't listened to that one yet. No, that was actually our test one when we oh. were talked about it. And we kind of did Robin, round Robin for him and Shane. And then Brett was when we figured out how to do it. So, and this last one was really fun. We did the feed in this last, uh, oh, this, 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 this last week. We're doing oh, Kenny Omega this Friday. A little modern, modern two weeks. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very cool. Um, so. We, uh, of course, Johnny Gargano was not happy with Austin Theory tonight. And uh, Gargano blamed everything on Dexter Loomis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Candice and Indy blame everything on Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, next up, we had uh, Imperium versus Drake Maverick and Danity Kane uh, in this match. Um, man, like, this is my first time really seeing what they're doing with them as a duo. This is kind of different. Like, I, I thought that. Uh, Killian wouldn't work as well in the lighthearted angle, but I'm I'm really vibing on their chemistry. You know. Oh, I mean, I've always loved their chemistry together. I don't think they do enough with Killian Dane and uh, Drake Maverick. I think um, they had a lot of potential. You know, WB has that kind of strained bedfellows mold with Team Hell No and whatnot. And I thought they were going to go in the exact same direction and get just as hot, you know, in NXT. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I really do hope they end up staying together. WWE's doing this weird thing now. They did this on Raw too where it's like they have two people who you think are going to break up, so they have to be the first ones to say it. Like, oh, oh now he's going to get RKO'd now. And then tonight they did the same thing with Killian Dane and Drake Maverick, where the story was that Drake Maverick thinks he's going to get turned on, so he has to be wary of Killian Dane uh, instead of just letting this play out. But, I, I mean, I hope that's an indication that they're not going to split these two up. Yeah. What do you think of the match, Dan? Uh, I like Imperium a lot, man. I mean, I, I just think, uh, you know, it's just such a fun stable and – all those guys, you know, while still being in Walter's shadow, do a great job when they're out there on their own. I, I haven't been in love with the with the Maverick Killian Dane thing that much yet. And kind of for precisely some of the reasons you guys mentioned. Like I, I actually love the Orton Riddle stuff. I, I loved the uh, you know, Gold Dust Booker T stuff. I love the Kane Daniel Bryan. I love odd couples. Uh I just don't know, you know, about this almost feels too forced for me, but you know, I, I, I'm clearly in the minority on it. So I don't know. I mean, with Drake, isn't it interesting how so much WWE behavior towards talent has been so bad that we all kind of glossed over the Drake release angle a year ago with him winning his position yeah. in the company back and all that. Um, but I feel that, you know, he, he's still good. I mean, whatever he does, you know, he's able to make good TV out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. it's something I don't think they did en enough with, and that he did get his job back, and then they just kind of shuffled him off. But that was a really hot angle when he did it at the time, based on the timing and it being real. And uh, I thought was it real though? I mean, okay, I don't know how real him. I'm just saying real in that you know people got fired in real life, and that's yes, what it's like. Me. This yeah. is coming from that. After a while, it did. Yes, it absolutely seemed like maybe it was kind of a work, and they kind of knew that they were going to give him his job back. But this was born out of some kind of reality. It was the opposite of the Mickey James experience. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. 
I mean, I'm surprised they didn't work into a storyline, you know, like, oh, had COVID, came back, made a miracle recovery, and then went on to win the world championship. I mean, if you're going to just pull from, like, real-life drama and events, why not? Why, why half-ass it at that point? Cool. Oh, you can't have Drake Maverick as the NXT world champion. Come on. Yeah, that's true. North American <laughs> title, maybe. Yeah, sure. Uh, but Imperium, okay, so we were talking about this last week, Dan. Like, without Walter, like... This is just uh, this is just uh, Chris Kirkpatrick and uh, Joey Fatone of Imperium with these guys. Sure, but you know, I, you know, there's always that one girl who has the Joey Fatone shirt. You know, there's always <laughs> the one. You the know, one. like he makes that one lady feel special in the back, uh, and that's kind of what I am. I'm the lady in the back for the other Imperium. I'm, I'm just a big <laughs> Imperium mark, man. I, I like all those guys, and this they're like. Kind of like, um, you know, it's like you don't know whether or not they're the, like this refined Euro- European Union or like weirdly like alt-right, you know, like it's like they like oh. tread that like middle ground Rocky villain thing. It's 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 a yeah. blast, dude. They voted for Brexit. I'm just putting it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Does this make Alexander Wolf Lance Bass? <laughs> oh, for sure. Call. For sure. There's that no other true. Lance Bass but Alexander Wolf. True. Right. But that's good. So I get it. I get it, Dan. You like the not obvious choice. You like the Goo Goo Doll songs that the bass player sings. You just want to yeah. like mix it up. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Oh, I get it. I, I get it. I, I, so I don't want the world to see me, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> that's enough. Let's move on to the next match. Like my, my, my wife's going to leave me, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Imperium won tonight. Uh, yeah. This, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Pete Dunn's promo, though. This. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What, what have they been doing with Pete Dunne? I feel like not watching TV in a while. So he's talking about saying he'd come back. He could go after the Cruiserweight title, the NXT U title, uh, UK title, North American Championship, or even the NXT Championship. Uh, Dan, where would you like to see him? What would you like to see him challenge for when he comes back? Uh, Was well, he still a heel? Oh, that's a good question. Great Dude, I'd probably move him up to the main roster at this point. You know, I understand that you're running a risk. But you can't have him. He's not the guy who's going to take Walter out, right? He's not the guy who's going to take. Uh, he's not the babyface for carrying Cross. The North American title. I guess you could do him and Bronson. I mean that that that, that would be that would be good. But you have to have him win it again, and then you're hot potatoing that title. So I, I'd probably I'd probably put him on Raw. They they definitely need him on Raw. You know, you mentioned about babyface. If you Google Pete Dunne smile. Even in the results for Pete Dunne's smile, there are like two photos in existence of him with an awkward smile. Like just something about that guy screams heel or anti-hero at best. Yeah. Yeah, this Rumble was kind of leaning and heelish in the way that he's pretty intense with it and saying he wants any championship. This is kind of what they're doing with Miro in AEW and the guy's kind of saying, I'm coming and whatever champion is there, I'm going to beat you for it. But I really like Pete Dunne doing it. Yeah. Uh. Okay, so we got the payoff to Dead DiBiase uh, showing up, uh, throwing shade at Cameron Grimes' watch that he bought at the jewelry store. <laughs> so we'll see where they pick this up. Uh, this is a good use of a legend in a storyline. I mean, NXT just does this so much better. They do. I mean, WWE on the main roster, they usually embarrass the legends. They'll have somebody cut a promo on them about how old they are, or they'll beat them up or get heat with them. But here, it's an an accent. Or or not overpay him for a legends contract. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, that was such horseshit when Big Show was like, oh, oh, they were just disrespect you back. I'm like, dude, you dressed as the New Year's baby, Ted. Don't do this disrespect <laughs> thing now. They didn't pay you the money you wanted. Say what it is. That's what it is, dude. It's about the money. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you, of course, as people can imagine, my match of the night, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus the Robert Stone brand, Aaliyah and Jesse Camilla tonight out there with Robert Stone. Um, yeah. Like, I just, I love, love, love uh, these teams and seeing them. But of course, the way Candice Lorraine and Indy Hartwell attacked at ringside before they could hit the ring and it all got derailed. All got derailed. It really, it literally, quite literally, I mean, there is confusion still as to whether or not they're the new tag team champions. I mean, they run around the belts. Nothing was announced. They're like, oh, let's go to Adam Cole, everybody. And they didn't go back to that. So I, I still don't know. I mean, obviously they reset and they said that there's going to be an NXT tag team title match. So the titles didn't change, but they made it seem like maybe the heels have run off with this thing. 
Yeah. I love this segment, but I was pissed. So they're having a street fight next week. So we'll get to see the match next. Yeah. Uh, Robert well, Cole next week. Here too. But yeah, next week's going to be Ember and Shotzi versus uh, Candace and Indy. Candace and Indy. Yeah. That's right. So I'm looking yeah, forward to that. I, yeah. I love Robert Stone, man. He's another guy. It's like, put him on Raw, dude. That would be, he would be actually super fun working with The Miz or something, you know? Um, because, I mean, I, I, lo- I love it when they use him on NXT, but. With Robert Stone, they use him, and then they like don't use him for six weeks or something. You know, it's it's he'll just just he'll get run over by a tank, and then I you'll, you'll like did he get fired? What you know, like you have no idea where he went. Yeah. So no, this was uh, bummed this didn't happen tonight, but I don't know. I think Ember and Shotzi are so great. So with, with this angle, so we're meant to believe that so or, or Dexter Loomis is sending them gifts. I don't know. It wasn't made clear who's sending the gifts. It sounds like somebody's manipulating the situation. For all we know, Candace could be doing it secretly oh, in order to get go. Indy all fired up uh, so she can get focused. But it was never really confirmed that I don't think it's Dexter Loomis sending those gifts. Has there been a good catfishing angle in professional wrestling? Uh, Mark Henry, they did one with a transgender person. Oh, I'm sure that was sensitive. With, uh, and China uh, and, uh, you know. I'm trying to think. That's a great question. Who got catfished? I mean, I guess the when it turned out to be Tatanka working with the Million Dollar Man and not Lex Luger. Did we all get catfished? I don't know, man. I really have no idea. Um, you know, I'm trying That's, to think of the good romance novels from WWE are always like the reason that Macho Man and Rand, like the Melissa Mizzle Elizabeth work is because like. That was such a crazy relationship in real life that it was just, you know, like it was believable because you're like, wow, these these people are actually, you know, like in a bed talking about issues together every night. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Jackson Callens, what's up, Jackson? Uh, Four ninety nine saying, Dan, you're awesome. Have a good one, boys. Don't have kids. LOL. Jackson, uh, I'll. Uh, Jackson, I'm all over that. I'm all over that, Jax. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, if you're going to bed, Jackson, uh, text me tomorrow. We got to catch up on contractor stuff. Um, so Jackson has been inside my new house. My wife has not even been inside my new house yet. Wow. Oh, I thought that was like your kid. <laughs> you're like, Jackson, no. go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get some rest. Uh, your kid was telling him, don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> people who have kids, that's the advice they give you. Don't have children. Yeah. Ringing endorsement. I've heard that uh, plenty of times. And I will heed that advice. Yeah, I'm no. good for right now. Uh, so Adam Cole sit down interview tonight, um, talking about losing and then unsanctioned match to Kyle O'Reilly at Takeover. It was weird when he said that, like almost four years. And I was like, oh lord, it really has been almost four years, hasn't it? He's been here a long time. Yeah, yeah. Most with the undisputed era, but yeah, it's hard to believe that he's they've been there for that long. But then I mean, you look at Adam Cole, and he seems like he's been there forever. Yeah, I thought that was uh, this was a fu- this was just a fun. It's just fun, like them trying to make Tampa seem fancy, you know. Like <laughs> uh, that, those are my favorite things about these uh, these shoots, you know. Like they'll like they'll clearly they'll find like the one you know halfway like fancy Armenian restaurant in town, and you can tell they use it for like five different settings, you know. Then then it's an Italian place the next week. This just felt like it was like at in the nicest shadiest area of a La Quinta Inn patio, you know, like, like they just cut out the, the Q and the U, you know, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was cool, man. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, it's cool to see Adam Cole uh, dressed in black. Um, the only thing that was super weird, I thought was cool. Kyle after doing this cool Kyle gimmick is then now like, like in this 13 cameras, hidden pervy weirdo gimmick, like where he's in, mm you know, a back, like a black room with a blue light, like watching that was, that was bizarre to me, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so carrying cross, does that seem like where, where he's going back to after this? Yeah. I mean, they pretty much teased that, um, carrying cross and Kyle O'Reilly are going to have a match. So I can only imagine that maybe Adam Cole comes back to cost, Kyle O'Reilly that match or something like that, but I don't think you know. I think Karrion Cross could just win that match clean quickly. Yeah, I don't feel great about Kyle's chances there. Um, but yeah, we saw Kyle watching the interview from the performance center, smirking and shaking his head. 
Yeah, that was very weird. I didn't. I could have done without that because it's like, are we to assume he wasn't watching that interview? Like, wait, the guy's just watching it. They didn't. It was, it was so weird. That was so weird. I, I get it. There's always ways you're trying to do stuff differently, and there's but you know, and there's only so many you know sh- shades of lipstick you can put on a pig. But I mean, this is like, I mean, it's like this was kind of a swing and a miss. Yeah, and this is something that they could do on main roster. You know how it's like the, the camera's pretty much invisible, so somebody will cut a promo in hour one of Raw, and in hour three, the person they cut it about didn't hear the promo. They, they could use a little bit more of that showing that they saw the promo so that they can give context to why they respond to things. Like That's where this could work, not just showing some guy watching it. Here's a fun game I want people to play. If you're a fan of both professional wrestling, WWE professional wrestling, and like Dateline true crime type shows, both things I'm huge fans of, the one thing that they both do, I notice, is that both like when somebody's walking backstage before a match and like they have this really awkward thing where they'll just have people in these murder documentaries like walk through a park by themselves. It's like the most B-roll. It's like whoever's directing both is directing both things because it's the most awkward, like like fo- like unforced walking moment. It, it, it's so weird. Yeah, um, I just I think Kyle does not look in the same league as Adam Cole, even with that victory. I just I yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like you put Kyle O'Reilly against Karrion Cross. How is that how is that even a match? Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said. He was in that role as like a tag team heavy for Kyle, for Adam Cole for so long that that's the way people are just going to see him until they really, really commit. And then him going to lose to Karrion Cross in his first big shot is not going to help that. No, not at all. Not at all. But uh, I mean, Karrion Cross needs people who can, you know, lead him to a good match. And uh, Kyle O'Reilly is certainly one of those people. Like, you know, I, I like the last thing I want to see is, you know, Carrying Cross and I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody who can't work as as well. Velveteen or something. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be gonna be awkward. Well, for a few reasons, I guess. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> um. So yeah, the NXT te- women's tag team title match they announced is gonna be a street fight next week. We're also gonna have Leon Ruff versus Isaiah Swerve Scott in a falls count anywhere match. But then the main event tonight, Legado Del Fantasma versus MSK and Kushida, MS Kushida, uh, the six man main event tonight with uh, Legado Del Fantasma winning, but this was a pretty uh, banger match. I mean, this went on for what a good 20 minutes or so. I think everyone got some offense in. Um, yeah. I think uh, setting up Escobar, chasing back for the cruiserweight title now that Kushida has it some good story movement here in a great match but what'd you think of this Dan uh yeah I mean I I, uh, I I liked all these guys you know so it uh I, it does feel like they they next week they've kind of gotta have a more st- story angle angle heavy show because yeah you know I get it for a couple weeks you know it's like you can kind of lean on really good wrestling because that's you know i mean that is that is a trademark of your brand but you know it's 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 almost you know three weeks now removed from from takeover let's let's start to let's let's get some stories going you know like let's uh let's start let's start putting uh you know which is something that nxt has always kind of struggled with compared to dynamite sometimes you know people argue with dynamite that there may be too much of it at times but i do think that they need to make some bigger decisions next week especially because they can afford to they're on tuesdays now like you know get weird why not yeah alfred what'd you think I absolutely love this match. I think like we're we're getting so deep into the year where we've now seen so many great matches that now even when a match is really good, it kind of has to rise to a level to be considered great. And so yeah. I felt like this match, if it would have happened a month ago, we'd be talking about how good it was. I just thought like there's a difference to me between a six-man tag team match and like a trios match, and that trios mm. are just like a team of three people working as one. So it's almost like there's more cohesion. And that's what this felt like. This felt like a trios match. Like Legado del Fantasma, of course, they're like a stable, so they work great together. And then MSK Kushida, you could just tell, I mean, by that promo from earlier, you could just tell that MSK was very excited uh, to work with Kushida. And I just thought that they both worked really well together. I like the high And I love the protecting of the baby faces and that Kushida kind of looked like a badass in defeat. He just kind of walked in there and took his final supper or whatnot, but it's because he was hurt. Yeah. 
That's a good point. It did definitely feel they, they felt a little more cohesive as a, as a team rather than just sort of slapped together. So I could see them continuing the intertwining of these storylines uh, for a bit longer. But, you know, to, to your point, though, I mean, we're so spoiled right now by great wrestling that I feel like wrestling, strangely, is the thing that matters least on a wrestling show for its watchability. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is this is the big problem that I've had with Raw Forever and most of WWE is that um, this is a TV show. This isn't sports. It's sports entertainment. And you really have to work to make these storylines relevant. And I still think this is what NXT does the very best. But, uh, yeah, it's almost I, I feel like sometimes they could they have an embarrassment of riches. They put on these super long matches. The matches could stand to be half as long and we could get more storyline that I think would get people more invested. What was the rule we came up with? Alfred, uh, was it last Friday before we said you get 15 minutes yeah. of in-ring time? If you're in a feud, you get 15 minutes yeah. of matches between pay-per-views. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. 15 like, minutes of total, like, accumulative ring time. So it kind of carries over. If you have a match on Monday, it can only be yeah. so many more minutes. Yeah. So I think that's the thing. It's like tonight they could have cut this in half and I don't think it would have suffered at all. And they probably could have done like, I know it's a weird thing to say because it was a really good match, but they could have used a little bit more of that time to build a hot storyline. Yeah. It feels like the biggest thing that happened on the show storyline wise was we got to see pictures of where Finn Balor took his wife on vacation, you know, and, and that's, uh, it's always difficult, right? Because then, you know, if you, you know, if you go too far in the other direction, you know, and then, you know, next, you know, the next week we're doing, you know, skin, Snisky kicking a baby or something, you know, you don't want, you don't want to go so far the other way, but I, I do think, uh, <laughs> and the one story they do seem to be progressing is the Dexter Loomis one, which I think yeah. is probably the worst story they have. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I hope that they, you know, especially with carrying cross, man. I mean, I thought that Finn Balor, uh, program was so great with Cross and like you know like what Balor got out of him like you really have to produce that guy he's yeah. not a guy you can just you know you, you got to give him the best of the best so really do something with O'Reilly and 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 maybe never that cool guy O'Reilly character again maybe that's not the thing to ever do again. that was yeah I'd forgotten about that coming out looking like uh, what's him call him uh banana Cassidy out there uh, in the ring, you know yeah yeah was- <laughs> yeah well, it's, it is, it is, uh, I will say this, you know, I saw him in it and Orange Cassidy ripoff wasn't my first thought. My first yeah. thought was, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, this is insane. You know what it looked like when he came out there? Did you, you guys must have had this awkward phase. Remember that time? Like, it, it was like, I mean, literally like something out of Freaks and Geeks, but the oh. 80s or 90s version of it. You go to the mall, you buy the cool shirt. You're like, I'm going to spike my hair. I'm going to do this. You get this thing. And then you go to school thinking like, okay, now I'm just waiting for everybody to tell me how cool I look. And then you're just like nothing, just crickets. That's what it reminded me of. His mom drove him to the mall. He picked that outfit out himself. He yes. had the hairstylist do his hair. Uh, came out there and we just we just failed to see it, man. Yeah, it was. it, it felt like, you know, the guy who's always showing off his pogs in middle school. Remember that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I came from the era of hacky sack where it'd be I did one too. How old are you? How old are you? Uh, forty-five. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I, I did hacky sack too, but I'm, I'm thirty-six, so maybe it had a renaissance. Another, you know, decade. Is hacky sack ever timeless, really relatively timeless? Yeah, but, but you see the one guy. Yeah. You see the one guy there hacky sacking on his own, and then you could watch him for five minutes, and then he would be like, "Yo, bro, do you hack? You know, like <laughs> get over to you." He like, looked you like you're gonna. He's like fit in as many unlikable things. Like you got the glasses indoors, then we'll get the fedora. That'll, <laughs> and we'll the band, that's going to like, and that, that might've been an Ed Hardy shirt for all we know, but he just <laughs> I couldn't concentrate on anything other than how unlikable he came off. And it's funny. Cause we're talking about this. Cameron Grimes is such a likable heel. So it's like, yeah, I was here for Cameron Grimes in that match. Well, what was so bizarre to me was, you know, like the, the, the one thing that they got out of O'Reilly during that Colf, feud and i thought that was great is when they were doing the contract signing he said i'm not like you i'm not Hmm. i'm not a dick and i thought that was going to be you know like hey it was going to be you know daniel bryan 2.0 sort of thing um and i thought like oh he's gonna be able to pull this off but instead they did this like poochie from the simpsons character uh yeah it's not great but uh 
you know, I'm excited to see where this goes. And, uh, you know, uh, and uh, I, I guess I guess what they're going to or, or, or how I, I'm also interested to see how intimidated Vince and WWE is by AEW. And I will say, I don't think they're that intimidated for the last couple of weeks. You know, like some of the decisions they've been making are not decisions that I would make if I was, I thought that the other promotion, you know, posed any sort of threat. Yeah. I mean, all, all this was a good show, but it'll be interesting to see how they keep it developing and keep it going, especially if we don't get a takeover. Do we even know when the next takeover is going to be? I don't think they've announced it. Have they? I want to actually, I think I feel like they have, but I don't think they've announced it. I certainly don't know where it is. Are you guys at this point, like cool with making NXT just like a third brand? Like forget, would you, would you still want all new guys to start at NXT or what if it was a year where it just became, you know, hey, you can get Randy Orton on NXT now. Or do you think that would ruin it? Or do you think that that's where they need to go now since so many of these guys on NXT are, are so experienced, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that makes NXT so great is that it's away from that current administration. I mean, it, yeah. it's so jarring watching on Monday and Tuesday, just being so closely removed from Raw, seeing just the right. stark differences. And I think that if you did make it like a third brand, then you're going to get Vince McMahon involved. And 75-year-old hmm. Vince McMahon, you know, then it's not going to be good. Yeah, well, no, that's true. He could be on there taking fake phone calls. I mean, it'd be great, you know? Finger <laughs> on the pulse. It's fine. Oh, what do you guys think that diamond mine thing is? Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. I thought for for it was like some sort of Triller special or something. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a tag team or is that a... I have no... I mean, they didn't say what it was. I think they just showed it off. So who was the one dude that? that was like an Ultimate Fighter dude? I don't know. I think maybe it was Brazilian. Oh, I'm not sure. But yes, that guy? Uh, Arturo Ruas. That guy's Arturo. bad. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they're doing something with that guy again. I don't know. Yeah, they had the hands taped. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm excited for it. It's been a good uh, man. Did you guys watch the Piper documentary? Not so, yet. I'm excited after this. So good. We uh, had that on, and then we just went right into the WWE's most wanted their uh, artifact hunt is that, show. Is that show fun? I heard it was pretty fun. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's very feels very produced. Everything right. in it feels very fake. Yeah. Um, the guy they got, who's a developmental talent, who's like the host of the show, uh, the guy mm-hmm. that goes on the hunt, he's very good. Um, I don't remember his name, but he's got a huge star quality. Um, oh, nice. But no, I, oh, I watched the uh, Undertaker uh, episode, and then I watched the uh, Mick Foley episode. And they're both very well. I mean, it's good. What's crazy to me though is like here, WWE got all this money from Peacock. And then they're double dipping, producing original programming, uh, in essence, for A and E and these other networks. Dude, it, I mean, they're they're carnies, dude. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's the they're best just, way to put it. Dude, they're just they're just carnies with an LLC now. Yeah, 100%. it's crazy. Um, but one thing we didn't talk about, yeah, the Finn Balor uh, promo tonight. So he's going to be back next week and say what's next for him. I mean. Is there anything left for him to do in NXT? Dude, I want to see uh, him and Roman so bad oh. again. Yeah. That's kind of where I want to see him go. Yeah, I don't think that's going to go well for him, though. I mean, no, I like maybe not. iteration of Finn Balor. Compare it to, like, I'm not the – I like the demon a lot. And I wish he would just sure. do that all the time. Uh, uh, so I've not been as high on Finn Balor himself. But this version where it's more serious and he's not doing all the smiling that he did – on the main roster and he was just kind of lost on the main roster. Really. He's just been so much better, but I would like to see this version of Finn Balor on the main roster. I mean, that'd, Absolutely. Be, a lot that'd be great. We'll see, man. We'll see what happens. I, I mean, I, I don't know if he's ever going back at this point and I don't know what they do with him. I wouldn't want to if I was him. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, uh, pretty dire there towards the end. <sighs> Stellar Justin Lopez 499 saying I didn't pay attention to it either. Uh, I thought it was an MMA group, but there's speculation on Twitter that Tessa's involved. Oh, that would be cool. Although I guess you could just bring her in as Tessa Blanchard, right? She's big enough. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like wrestling Twitter and Reddit have really fantasy booked themselves into a corner with this one. Like, like, is it, I mean, Alfred, you, you get some inside scoops now and again, like, is it ever really going to happen, or is this just everybody trying to will it into existence? Like Mephisto's going to show up at the end of Wandavision. Yeah, I mean, 
Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't want to say never, but there's. It's more likely than not that she ends up with either WWE or AEW. Um, well, sure. You know, I mean, in terms of, you know, in terms of coming back, but I could see her going to NXT. There's a possibility. I mean, who knows what it actually is? Um, this isn't something I've been privy to in terms of insiders, but I, I know that it's something that's been considered and definitely talked about. I know that they they like her. I mean, she does come with some baggage and whatnot, but I know that there are a lot of people in power who are fans of Tessa Blanchard and WWE, that's for sure. Is it CM Punk? Tell us if it's CM Punk. <laughs> he had the hands taped. It could be CM Punk. Let's spread that rumor tonight. I just realized my computer is at like 2%, so if I, oh, yeah. if, I, if, I, if, I if I dip out, follow Wrestle Roasts, uh like listen to wrestle rust guys uh thank you thank you for having me on glenn thank you good to see you alfred yeah yeah so uh if you need to bounce dan totally cool we'll wrap it up here nyc demon diva might be back friday uh follow her twitter for what's been going on with her we wish her all the best and uh hope she's recovering well um but yeah all in all good good episode of nxt tonight yeah, they've been on a hot streak. I think, I mean, three for three on these Tuesdays. Into, I haven't even watched a show where I said it was okay. I think all three shows have been very good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it was a good time tonight. I sat home. I uh, you know what? It, this should tell you how good it is. When I watch Raw and sometimes SmackDown, I think maybe I'm going to make a more complicated meal. Maybe tonight I make you know vegan lasagna with like hearts of palm noodles. Maybe I make like a more complicated pasta dish or something. Tonight I'm like I'm microwaving some Morningstar Farms vegan corn dogs. Vegan. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to miss this. Yeah. So I'm just like I'm bouncing around. So they're eating like Sour Patch Kids, just like <laughs> snack foods because I didn't want to take myself away long enough to make a proper meal. Yeah, you eat your dinner standing up watching NXT, and on Raw, you get a little bit more, you know, intricate. You get some slow roasts or whatever, something that'll take your attention Oh, away. I have made the most complicated meals during Raw. <laughs> felt like I missed absolutely nothing while I'm sitting there, you know, like crimping the dough on things. And yeah, I mean, it's like Raw's, Raw only needs half your inten- attention, but uh, NXT is phenomenal as always. Uh, cool. You can follow Alfred on Twitter at This Is Nasty. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Uh, leave us a rating, a review. Be sure to like, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, hit, give us a like and a follow on YouTube. And we'll catch you back here tomorrow. You and Justin are doing Dynamite. And then Friday, SmackDown. So. There you go. We'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.